Yo, welcome to another episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two guys in a room full of Funkos today, talk about movies, music, TV, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. Cool. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. Mm -hmm. In episode 43, we'll discuss Drag Race All-Stars, the Wonder Years reboot, the Batman spinoff series, and Corona and Us. Riz will let you know all the movies and music that are available out now, and I'll tell you the fact of the week. And this week's Six Degrees of Separation Connection is Demi Moore and Glenn Close. Cool. Uh, but first, um, uh, quick news. So, Scream Factory has announced that they're releasing a 16-disc Blu-ray box set containing all of the Friday the 13th films in the entire series. Golly. It will include the original 10 films from the night... Uh, you know, from the 1980s Friday the 13th through 2001's Jason X. And, of course, the, well, not to forget, I would like to forget, the <laughs> 2009 Friday the 13th reboot. The box set will include a 40-page collectible essay booklet with archival still photography, 4K scans of the original negatives from parts 1 through 4, and it will also include part 3 in 2D and the original 3D presentation. The set will include new and existing extras, ranging from articles and TV spots to commentary from filmmakers Adam Green and Joe Lynch. What was your favorite Friday the 13th? I'm assuming that it wasn't Jason, uh, the reboot, I'm sorry. Uh, Man, honestly, the Friday the 13th series isn't my favorite, but it's I like the first one. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's number three or four. That's that's pretty good. It it kind of gets repetitive uh, after a while. Jason Jason's dead is awful, uh, and the reboot is awful as well. I remember you went to I want to say Walmart and you got the 3D one that came with the 3D glasses. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you spend an evening watching that. <laughs> that was cute. I'm I'm as. You guys probably know I'm not a big horror fan, so uh, I think I recently watched Friday the 13th, I think this past Halloween. Yeah. Um, or it might have been a fri- an actual Friday the 13th. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I vaguely remember uh, Jason versus Pr- Freddy, where they went to space. Is Jason's... Uh, or Jason, Jason goes to space. Jason v. Freddy going to be on this? In the article that I was reading, they didn't mention it. And I don't think so, probably. It'll just focus on just uh, the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, Did did Jason vs. Freddy happen before Jason X or after? Oh, darn. I want to say after. I want to say that uh, before the 2009 reboot of Friday the 13th and, and the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street... The last, the last one in the original two continuities was Jason versus Freddy, but don't quote me on that. I'll have to, I'll, ha- I'll get back to you. Honestly, um, you know, it's set to be released uh, this Halloween for one hundred and fifty nine dollars. Mm. Uh, hell no. I mean, it is cheaper than the Avengers box set. I think the Avenger box set was like four ninety nine. Fuck that. Um, excuse, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm waiting. For and I and supposedly they were they did it in in the UK, 
um, and I'm waiting for it to come out here, is uh, the complete Halloween set. And and the reason they probably haven't done that yet is they're probably going to wait until the new trilogy is done, yeah. even though it's like reboot, 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 reboot. Um, so it isn't like an actual series. I think they could probably go, go up until Resurrection as the original continuity, and then... And then after that, it's the Rob Zombie films, and then the the reboot of the Jamie Lee Curtis character. Are you a fan of box sets? I uh, I am. I got the Friday the Thirteenth box set for for darn good price. So you know that was pretty cool, especially like when formats change. Um, I also read that they're in passing when I was writing this script. Uh, HBO is also working on Game of Thrones complete four K. Okay. box set and that's gonna probably be another pretty pl- penny oh of course yeah i mean uh as i i had you know the the whole harry potter series you know what i mean on dvd and then mm-hmm. i saw a box set for blu-ray and for like what twenty dollars twenty five dollars only that's cheap as hell and i ended up getting that to upgrade even though you know I don't know. I'm not. I'm definitely not that into Friday the Thirteenth to to for that price. So this is a definite skip for you. Yeah, I'm skipping it. I mean, if I see it on sale for forty, I'd consider <laughs> it. I consider that. Yeah, I mean, you can like really get a box. You can make your own box sets. It's true. You can individually buy these films, but I guess you're also paying for the 40-page collectible essay. You're paying for the the extras extras and never-before-seen TV spots and commentary. So I I understand. Well, I I recently told you back in the 90s, um, as they were releasing the Scream films, they knew the Scream franchise was originally supposed to be a trilogy. Um, They released the first film with a shitload of extras, the second film, no extras except for the trailer. Hmm. And the third film with a bunch of extras. So then maybe a year after they released the third film, they released a box set. And the second film had like a shitload of extras. So you had to like double dip. So even though I already had all three, I had to double dip to get all those extras. So it's just a way Capitalism. to get people to continue to... to shell out money for stuff they basically already own well if you guys uh have it uh by the time it comes out let us know what you guys think so moving along uh move over avengers the x-men are coming to disney plus slowly but surely you'll be seeing fox's x-men cinematic universe at disney plus and one thing fans might feel good about is that for disney or for days of future past it will be streamed intact, which means we'll see Jackman's butt and hear the F word, which makes Days of Future Past the first movie to hit Disney Plus uncensored. Completely uncensored. Completely. Because, you know, Hamilton did have the had one F word out of three. And I feel like this is really double standard because not that long ago there was the whole controversy of Daryl Hannah's movie splash where they digitize extra hair or braided hair to cover her butt and they're blurring out the mom in wizard the well they're blurring out the mom's cleavage in wizard of waverly place so i don't understand how are they um conducting these type of 
things of what could be censored and what cannot be censored. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love me some Jackman's ass, <laughs> but I feel like it's a double standard on, on other things. The only thing that I can think of when I was, and I was like thinking of why they, you know, why there is a double standard is that Splash. Now? No, no. That is that Splash and that Wizards of Waverly Place is, I guess, geared to younger audience. Um, and X-Men, you know, you aren't going to get, uh, young kids being like, Ooh, well maybe it's, it's a superhero movie. I don't know. I, I don't understand. So like if you blur the, the cleavage, wouldn't that be more curious to people of why even for kids being like, why is that blurry? That that's my way of thinking, but kudos on having that. On Disney Plus and the X Men Cinematic Universe, uh, completely, which is awesome. One hundred percent, all the way to Phoenix. I don't know about Phoenix. I didn't see the Phoenix, but I think it's slowly putting some movies. You know, the monthly ad on yeah. and delete stuff yeah. that uh, now streaming services do. Um, I did see Days of Future Past, and I did see uh, the first two X Men when I was just skimming through it. Oh, sweet. I recently on Disney Plus watched uh, the animated Ladies in the Tramp. Mm. I have no story about that. I'm just <laughs> talking. <laughs> all, that's all. All right, moving on. Uh, some TV news. Warner Brother is developing a spinoff that is set in Matt Reeves' The Batman Universe film starring Robert Pattinson. Variety reported that it will take adaptation from the comp. I'm sorry, that it will take adaptation from Gotham Central Comics and will, quote, be set before when the Batman film is set and dive into how Gotham became corrupt and infested with criminals. So a more adult version of Fox's Gotham. Yeah. Although in the same article they said it's not that. But it's it that. sounds like Gotham. I mean, it's it's what it's the description of what what Gotham was originally supposed to be. And Gotham, honestly, did start out super dark, you know, and and more serious than it ended up being. Like, uh, I think they thought they were going to be canceled, canceled, so they just ended up throwing everything at the wall with that show. Uh, I got halfway through the second season. And I'm like, this shit's fucking crazy. I'm done. I, I can't. I, I can't. did too. I got halfway through the second season and I felt like it was just so much being thrown at you in a hurry. Yeah. You know? And it was... It was over the top. It lasted and... for five seasons. Oh, yeah. I know. And and I liked the cast. You know, I love Marina Bakaran. You know? <laughs> and even she couldn't keep me keep me in, in that show. Yeah, you know what can you do? But yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing, um, you know, seeing this one. It'll definitely be a, a good reason to get the uh, HBO, HBO Max uh, subscription. Yeah, uh, wasn't there something else on HBO Max that they announced recently that we're like we got to get the subscription? Oh, the Michelle the, Williams, the new Michelle Williams show with yeah. uh, what's his name? Scenes Scenes from a Marriage, which is a remake remake of a swedish show which is also based on a book i don't know uh she'll uh, you know she'll do an amazing job i i, I would watch her read the phone book so we'll have to She's get, awesome. get it for that uh bird box sequels in development yes I it's saw going it. to take place 10 years after this first film 
Awesome. Also, what's... And Sandra Bullock will, will likely be in it. And I would think so, they'll yeah. They'll recast her kids. I mean, it's one of the most, besides recently Tiger King, <laughs> it was one of Netflix's most successful movies in recent years. So, yeah, they're going to throw every, every dollar they can at that at that film. That's pretty awesome. Um, also, uh, talking about Netflix, uh, they renewed Dead to Me for a third and final season. This is a show that both you and I completely love so much. You, I, I will... and Mama Rita. <laughs> I would say it again, and I'll <laughs> say it before, or I'll say it before, and I'll say it again. <laughs> uh, Christina Applegate was robbed in the Golden Globes or the Emmys. I felt like all she, of the above. She yeah. freaking deserved it, and I always forget her name, Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. I always want to say Valerie Bertinelli for some yeah, reason. They let me say something about the second season. They did such such a good job with the gay storyline you know what i mean yes they made it seem or not seem but they made it so natural and they didn't make a big deal about it that mm-hmm. one of the characters just happened to start dating a girl you know yeah it was i i really like that um but i kind of understand why they're ending it at, you know after season three they're gonna finish it off because how sense. how much can these motherfuckers do and keep getting away with it you and, know what i and mean and you don't need eight nine seasons for a show to be great yep, yep. i mean look I at the good place the good place is only four three seasons or i think four? it was four or five might have been four four seasons and it was such a fantastic fantastic show they did an amazing job with the good place don't get me started oh that's so good i know and that last amazing. episode man that's awesome and finally, The Wonder Years have been ordered to be rebooted and will be executive produced by Empire creator and the Paperboy director Lee Daniels. This time, it will focus on a black middle class family in Montgomery, Alabama during the late 1960s. Fred Savage, star of the original series, will set to direct the pilot and executive produce the show. And Neil Marlene's, uh, the original co-creator, will also serve as a consultant of the show. That's that's uh, I am interested. That's in this. brilliant because, you know, I have a feeling that an African-American family had a very different experience in the 1960s than a middle class white family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is so also will be, be a comedy. Uh, well, a dramedy. The oh. Wonder Years was a dramedy as oh, well. OK. A half an hour type thing uh, with no laugh track. So as long as it isn't like so much of a comedy, like uh, uh, everybody hates Chris, you know what I mean? That was a little over the top, mm-hmm. and and people people compared that to the Wonder Years, uh, but that was that was more of a comedy comedy. Wonder Years had its had its comedic moments, but it 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 hit you in the gut so many times. It was before my time. We'll watch it one day. I mean, it's it's it's. You're a, looking at me like it's a good show, <laughs> uh, but I've seen it in reruns and channel surfing and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so great TV shows that are in the work and happening, uh, coming along, and we're really excited for it. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. Oh my god, already? It's currently thundering here in Miami. Uh, It's been pretty hot and muggy, so rain is always afloat after that. 
Uh, this is a segment that we like to call Corona and Us. Woohoo! Uh, where we talk about our life during COVID-19. So, um, <laughs> what has been going on lately? Well, I, well, we should say that we were a little lazy this week, and we're literally recording this the night before it's supposed to premiere. We yes. usually do it the weekend before. Correct. So, uh, if you heard our last podcast, uh, we, or I, found a dog out in the street, and he became our part of our, our family. After the the recording of that episode, we took the dog to to the Humane Society to see if they yeah. have a chip. Make sure there wasn't a chip because I'm sitting there like, we want to make sure we didn't steal someone's dog. <laughs> exactly. You know? And I mean, as much as we wanted to keep him, we wanted to make sure that we took every procedure to make sure that he can be reunited with his family. And the, the Humane Society at first... Like, I think, misunderstood us. They thought we wanted to drop him off. And they're like, no, we're not taking any it's big dogs. Big. No, it's too no. Big. And I'm like, I think they might have misunderstood. And I, I let them know, like, we just want to make sure that we didn't steal someone's dog. And, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But if, if no one wants him, we're going to keep him. And I'm like, oh, okay, we'll scan him real fast. So we'll when we it. found him, I gave him the name Frosty because he was completely white. He, We find out that he is a... Uh, white-haired golden retriever, uh, purebred, and he has a family. My goodness, he's he's such a gorgeous dog, and the temperament of him, he's just he he hasn't barked once. He doesn't care if people walk by, and it's not even because he's a senior dog. Yeah, he's, he's not. Just he's like not as that. old as he's, we thought. Yeah, and uh, we find out that Frosty's n- name is actually Coden. So we try to get in contact with the owner via telephone, and the telephone number that was provided was an Applebee's telephone mm. number. Yeah. Uh, then she said the lady at the Humane Society said that they'll keep Coden in the system, and if something comes up, she can direct me uh, to her. And within two days, they called, and they say, hey, we got in contact with uh, Coden's parents, and uh, here's the number. So we called her. And I told her the story of what happened, where I found him. And the story of Coden is uh, the mom moved to Boston and left the dog to an ex of hers. Same thing of what's going on with Nova, who I'm looking at. And it looks like she's dreaming intensely right now. Oh, my now. goodness. <laughs> she's, running, she's running in her sleep. Uh, Nova also uh, was left in our care by our niece until she settled into her new place in Michigan. Right. So this woman left her dog with her ex and she was going to settle in Boston and then, you know, come back for him. Because I, I called her uh, and I said, hey, so do you want to come over here or do you want me to go over there? And she's like, I'm actually in Boston. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so I go, wait, did the dog travel over yeah. here? And she's like, no, I left it to an ex and such and such. And, and she asked me, how did you find him? And I told her the truth. I go, I don't know how you left Coden in what condition but he was really dirty really smelly i mean mats or mats ever, all over everywhere and thing. uh we took care of all that and she was not happy when i told her that she's she like that's not the way that i left him super livid and uh so let's just say she wasn't exactly 
Well, she might have called her ex, but she she wasn't exactly I telling mean, her I, ex to come and pick him up. I even asked asked her, I go, would you want me to drop it off at the person who you who you left it with? And she's like, uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I assured her that, you know, she's he's being well taken care of. He has three other brothers and sisters that he can play with. And he has us where we're dog parents where, you know, this is not new to us. And we sent her pictures of him. In fact, when I put her on speaker and she called him, <laughs> he immediately jumped up and looked at Riz. He looked at me like, and 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 since then he's been attached to me. So he, yes. he thinks I'm his mommy. Yes, he looks at Riz like you don't look like her, but you <laughs> sound like her. Uh, so she sent me pictures of Coden and her, and precisely. She has kept that dog super clean and super well yeah. taken care of. And it is an indoor dog. Uh, the last, uh, the latest thing is that we are going to keep him for about a month. Because uh, she did find a transportation service for animals. But it won't be available, like I said, until, until the, the end, end of the month. Of the month. Um, and it's our good good deed for the year, apparently. And I told her, I go, hey, whenever you're in Miami, you know, we can dog sit for for you or anything. You know, he has his summer home here now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're keeping content, constant contact with her and making sure that uh, she knows that her, her baby is, is being, or as she says, her papa uh, is being taken care of. Uh, so we'll keep you posted Thank on Coden. And we are super thrilled that he will soon be with his mommy. And his his family. Yeah. I think the ex must have dropped him off. It's it's pretty. I awful. think the ex left just left him outside and as an outside out. dog because he you can tell he was an indoor dog. Oh yeah, and then yeah. he just said he probably just said oh yeah 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 I'll take care of her uh, I'll him. take care of him and don't worry. But then he just became an outdoor dog like how Zanky was or how Jesse was. Yeah. Um, and I remember bringing Jesse in. Remember, yeah. we would tell him, "Come in, come inside," and He's he would like, look really? at us like. Zanky sure? did the same thing. They were we very apprehensive in. to come inside, and Jesse didn't know how to play with a ball or toys. Neither of them. You did. had to teach him. Uh, both Zanky and Jesse, and now now they they go crazy. Jesse, they is fight over the it. funniest dog to watch chasing after a toy. Uh, we have to like post a video on on our Instagram. We will. At, which uh, it's press play ar. Yeah. <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, but you can tell he's an inside dog because we're sitting there watching TV and he'll come over and he's usually very chill, but he'll come over and start like jumping up and then we're and like, what? At us. And then we'll be like, what do you want? And he goes straight to the door and he's like, let me go to the bathroom. Like, you know, he's he uh, such a fantastic temperament uh, when if in the future we do adopt um, after obviously code. Coden and Nova are, goes back to go their back home. to their homes. Uh, we have to go to a shelter and get a older dog. Um, I think that's what I want to do as well. Uh, for as long as we are able to have dogs, uh, I would want to always adopt senior dogs. They are less likely to get a, adopted and more likely to be put to sleep and or, or euthanized. And not necessarily senior dogs, like five plus, you know? in that area and big dogs you know mm -hmm. I, when when you said this is a big dog and i saw it and i'm like this dog is bigger than zanky 
and I thought he was over 100 pounds when I saw him the first time. He's 75. I'm like, he's gonna wrack the house, and he was just he he's just lovable, and he he's he was so grateful that sweetheart that we that we helped him. I think he knows that we helped him. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 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 proud of us. We're putting good energy out in the world, and let's hope we get you know even better energy on November third this year. Oh my God! Talking about November third and what's going on, Florida has become one of the epicenter for the highest corona cases in the country. Uh, it's coming up to ten thousand a day, and it is scary past 10, as hell. A day. Yeah. Uh, we are trying our best to keep social distancing and going to the stores for our essentials as little as possible. Uh, we. And we're constantly wearing masks. Uh, it's it's imperative, you know. It's imperative. We went to see my mom uh, yesterday, and we we stayed on completely different sides of the room. Or yesterday or the day before to print mm-hmm. something out, we stayed on different parts of the room. But it's imperative, you know what I mean? It's people can be asymptomatic. People can be asymptomatic for several days before they start showing symptoms. Sy- symptomatic. Oh my gosh, I did what you did. Ah, I learned from As- you. <laughs> asymptomatic. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, for, you know, days before they start showing symptoms. So wear your masks. It's it's an inconvenience. I, you know. I don't think it's a freaking inconvenience. It, like some, I mean, no, it's, once we get used it's to it, it's not. It's a necessity. I'm saying it's an inconvenience, but it's a necessary inconvenience. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. And then I have people telling me like, do you actually really know anybody who actually died of COVID or is infected? I'm like, yes, I know. I know people. I don't know. Like, it's not like my friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. It's like people that I know have tested know. positive. And, and it's always like this deniers. And it's like, I, I just can't wrap my head I around hope that. We don't, we don't end up knowing someone that passed away from from corona you know what i mean i don't want to see people, people i don't hurt either or die or get sick before their time you know we have to all stay safe we're all in this together as we keep saying you know and honestly i mean we try not to be too political in this podcast because it's not what we are about but we have a governor and that is completely going backwards with whatever is happening now He's not doing anything. He says one thing, and it's actually another thing, and I don't think he takes it seriously. And the problem with that is because society or humanity does not react when it's their bubble that's not being bursted. Yep. I remember watching uh, the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still remake with Keanu Reeves and uh, Katu which is Keanu Reeves' character, asked to see uh, their leader. Um, And they took him to a Nobel uh, Prize-winning scientist or something like that. And there was one quote that he says that stuck with me forever. And it's true. And it is, humanity only reacts when we are in our most precipice. And that's how we are. And it's, it's sad that we have to wait until the walls are crumbling over us for us to react. 
And then if we react early, what is the, what is the phrase? Alarmist? Oh, you're being an alarmist, or you're uh, no. It's we we're, people are dying, uh, but we are trying to make the best of it. Luckily, the beaches have not closed. We go to this really really quiet secluded area of the beach that it's not touristy it's mostly residential people that go there and they are people social distance and there are uh county employees walking around the beach making sure that everyone is staying socially distanced you can't have tents you can't have canopies uh you can have umbrellas um and you can't do like big groups or or do big parties like that and we try to take all that into consideration when we go and be far away from people because we don't we don't need people to go to the beach it's just us uh and we stay there for a couple hours we swim we bathe we relax we sunbathe we meditate and then we just leave we go to the beach with our masks on when we find a spot we take it off and when we leave we put it back on until we get to our car and if everyone is that uh, conscience, I think it could be much, much better and faster for us to to flatten the curve. And talking about the curve, I feel terrible about our friends who has kids that schools are being opened up next month. It's scary. It is very scary to have that going on. Um, and well, I here's the thing: like um, the the people that uh, that it's going to affect are the the cities or counties or whatever with the the poor population and the poor schools that aren't going to be able to protect the kids the way that charter schools charter schools or private private schools schools or even like public schools that are in more affluent areas they'll be i'm sure they'll be they'll have plastic in between every chair i mean you know in between every desk in those schools they aren't going to be able to do that so it's going to be it's not going to affect um the people the karens that are sitting there oh my you know you know how they are it's not going to affect them so yep. it's not going to hit them so when the poor kids poor democrat and liberal, liberal kids start dying you know they're going to they aren't going to give a shit um and i hate that it, that 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 line is drawn because a human life is a human life you know what i mean i don't i don't care if we disagree politically i i don't i still don't want to see you die health shouldn't health shouldn't be a political issue at all at all and it's it's amazing that that that's where we're at currently um that that we have a man that believes that this is all a hoax in order for the democrats to regain power People are dying. People are dying. You know what? And you are dropping the fucking ball. You know, whether you you get reelected or not. And I, I won't believe that that motherfucker won't be reelected until that that damn day or mm-hmm. that the next morning. You yep. know what I mean? At this point, he's going to be reelected. You know what I mean? That's where, where my head is, no matter what. And then people... I have a Facebook quote-unquote friend that would post... Uh, it's okay. My blood pressure was going up. <laughs> uh, that would post like, e- e- uh, equ- equally evil of the both political parties. And I'm like, did we not learn anything from 2016 at all? No, I, they're, they, why are they 
baiting I, people I, I like that. I can't stand people, and they aren't. I can guarantee there aren't as many people like that. Um, that we think there are. There's a lot of trolls, like the people that are folding their arms and, and saying, "Oh no, well, well, both sides are evil." In articles about Trump saying, you know, defending white supremacists, both, both both sides are wrong. It's like no, this motherfucker is posting a video of a guy going white lives or or, or white power, power and defending the de- defending post in the video or saying I didn't see that and and you know one side is white power and the other side is not you know that that's they're not the same they're not the fucking same I'm sorry you're either completely ignorant or brainwashed or, or you, you're a fucking racist i'm sorry or you just aren't like to entice people like there's a, a friend that i know that loves to bait uh problems and then and then walks back and, and say mm-hmm. well, well you guys are overreacting yes i fucking hate people like that and it's like and what the what the fuck like i come into the I'm discussion only, I'm, I'm only saying my opinion I, I, uh, freedom of speech freedom of speech you're it's taking like, it too no. far it's exactly. not that serious and it's like then why the fuck did you post it in the fucking first place Girl, this is why we don't have a political podcast because our blood pressure and we are. I can't. It's and it's weird. Let's move on, guys. RuPaul Drag Race All Star is halfway through. So these are the contestants that have been eliminated in order: Derek Barry, Angina, Mariah Paris Balenciaga, (laughs) Mayhem Miller, India Farah, and Alexis Mateo. And currently, uh, the. Fab four is Jujubee, Ms. Cracker, Shea Coulee, and Blair Sinclair. Uh, I know you really started watching RuPaul because of me recently. Uh, and you've you've known how the process of elimination works between regular seasons and all-stars. Um, how do you like this elimination where they have to battle uh, past uh uh, lip-sync queens. Oh, uh, well, first of all, I, I did, like, back in the day when the first season originally aired, I watched it. Like, oh. straight through. Um, and, I, you know, I've been watching it on and off. This new twist, uh, you know, it's a, it's just a twist, you know, just to make it a little more interesting. They, and they can bring people back that people like to see and have it be a big surprise and big reveal. I like it. Um, the whole voting thing uh, kind of sucks. But it is they they added that just to make it different than the other one. So that's how just how All Stars is. So the um, either the winner of the the lip sync battle gets votes, you know, decides who's leaving, or, or the if the, if they if they lose to the um, lip sync assassin, the li- lip sync assassin, it's it's everyone's vote from the from the show. So RuPaul and the judges don't have a vote on who gets eliminated, which they've been pretty nice this season, other than Alexis Mateo. That was... I want to talk to you about that. uh, Talking about the recent issue with India Farah and Alexis Mateo, uh, who do you you believe? I think all things come to light. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, you know, if she was really trying to go after Shea Coule, she would have asked the other girl. That's the only and thing that sticks out to exactly. me. Exactly. Why would you t- tell two out of the six players to, the the voting doesn't the voting numbers it, doesn't it, match? It wouldn't have mattered. Um, but if there's a video, they will find the video. I don't. 
I don't know. It, it kind of sucks. Uh, India, 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 Farah, like, fucked her over mm-hmm. in the end. And they were originally they were friends. They were from the same season, and they were really close friends. Uh, and to do that at the very last second, when you know that you're literally going to be eliminated because you've this is the fourth mm-hmm. time you've been been in the bottom. Yep. To like, it was it was very shady. Um, and this is probably a reunion episode that we should watch. It's it's going to be fireworks. And between Alexis Mateo and Blair St. Clair battle, uh, or being the bottom, because uh, although in this week's elimination, if you're not the top, you're automatically the, the yeah. bottom. But judging by the report card, uh, Blair Sinclair and Alexis Mateo had the least uh, positive right. throughout the show. The re- the, uh, throughout this episode, they had the, uh, from the judges. The least positive critiques. From the judges. Uh, exactly. Blair Sinclair's outfit for her saying, oh my god, I'm very haute couture and fashion was very, very ugly. And was very very unpolished. Um, I, I I think Alexis Mateo deserved to be in the final four, but that's the nature of this of this game where they allow the contestants to vote and not the judges. And that's how people get fucked over, like Shangela and Ben De La Creme, uh decided for her to walk out, and basically they handed Trixie Mattel the crown. They based that's what they did. Do I deserve that? She deserved it. Nope. But that's just me. Out of the final four, who do you think will be the crown? You have GGB, Miss Cracker, Shea Kool-Aid, and Blair Sinclair. Uh, I don't think Blair Sinclair uh, will will win. I my favorite, honestly, is B, but I think Shea Kool-Aid is gonna pull it, pull out this season, pull it out this season because she's been pretty pretty damn consistent and strong. And, you know, Miss Cracker is just Miss Cracker. She's, you know, she has her moments. Here's the thing I think about Blair Sinclair. She's young. She has a whole life ahead of her in drag. Um, The same thing about what I think about season 12 of RuPaul Drag Race with Gigi Good. Gigi Good, yes, she's gorgeous. She is talented. She's super polished. But she is... How can I say this? She's well off. Mm-hmm. She is... Like, she will be fine if she didn't win RuPaul Drag Race. She has editorial look. She has commercial look. She, every outfit that she has, you can tell she puts effort in it from her mom. It's always my mom helps me. And even before she got into uh, RuPaul Drag Race, you can tell that she was more well off than the other girls. Um... And I don't think people like that deserve to win. It's it's my opinion. Like how I saw it recently in America's Next Top... Uh, no, not America's Next Top Model. America's Got Talent. There's this contestant that was there who is like a YouTube sensation with over 8 million viewers and subscribers and all that stuff. She's getting banked from that. She's getting money from that. So it's like, why are you have to be that greedy or or like that? Or like if one person or like talking about dance competition, if you won a dance competition and let's say uh, America's Best Dance Crew or uh, So You Think You Can Dance and you're the winner and you want to jump into America's Got Talent, I feel like that's so... 
greedy, money hungry, you know? And it's just like, that's just, ju that's just me. It doesn't give other people who actually needs it, who has no connection outside the show, who comes from very low income for them to, to go. I mean, do I, do I, I, I understand, but, uh, when you're talking about a talent competition, I guess like this, this is a form of talent competition. Mm -hmm. It's, it has to be about the talent. You can't look at, you can't look at stuff like that. You can't look like, I mean, it, you can take it into consideration. I'll but take that do, shit into consideration. And, and you know, and if, if you're the judge, that's fine. Um, but you're looking at, you know, two people and one is, is arguably more talented and then you give it to the person who you feel, you know, does deserves it because they, they don't have the same means, you know, it's talent. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of like in the middle there. I just feel bad for like those who need the platform for whether it's those who already has a platform but it isn't um it isn't RuPaul's platform race it's the drag race Bitch. so people that that are talented enough can can sign up just like anyone else even though there is there is an advantage because you know they have to hire uh um designers clothes designers they get ideas of what each category is going to be before the season starts and they basically have all their their clothes designed so obviously the people with more means have an advantage um i don't know that's maybe that's something rupaul should address awesome so wanna tell us what movies and music are available out this week i absolutely do so like i said um not a lot has been coming out in the theater so not a lot of what we've heard of is coming to blu-ray but something called body cam starring the amazing mary j blige i mm. will check that out just for her uh is out castle in the ground is out if you heard about that cool <coughs> oh my gosh excuse me murder in the bayou 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 is out uh, Enter the Fat Dragon is out, which looks like a parody of uh, Japanese fighting movies. The cover is the guy in the um, in the Kill Bill outfit, hmm. the yellow Kill Bill outfit. Uh, new music. There's a, there's a few. Uh, every teenage girl's favorite BTS has a new album out. Oh my god! Uh, the Aces has an album. Alice Ivy, go check her out uh 90s band bush has an album called the kingdom which i will no check way. out on youtube uh the chicks which is the new name of dixie chicks has a new album called gaslighter ellie golding i like her has an album called brutist blue uh check out a new album by liana la Havis, nicholas jar oliver tree the Pretenders has an album called Hate for Sale. Primal Fear has an album called Metal Commando. And check out a new album by Proto Mator. Excuse me. Ooh. Proto Martyr. <laughs> <laughs> Mator. Okay, cool. You want to play Six Degrees? And uh, Oops, while sorry. we're on the music subject, 
Oh shoot, I had music used. Oh, uh, it didn't have. It wasn't on my list last week, but a uh, Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park had released a new album that he recorded completely on Twitch. I think I'm getting old because I have no idea what that means. And uh, Ole Koretsky, who was one third of Dark, um, the Dolores O'Riordan super band with, uh, um, oh my God, what was that guy? Smith name? from the Smith. No, uh, Andy Rourke. Andy Rourke, Dolores O'Riordan, and uh, and Ole Koretsky, who was also um, Dolores's partner uh, when she passed away. He released an EP, which is is pretty darn good, um, five song EP. Um, and I highly recommend to, to check out the song Sign, Signs of Life. It's really good. Wow. Pretty cool. So do you want to play Six Degrees of Separation? Uh, yes, 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 I do. As I said in the top of the show, it is Demi Moore and the very talented and legendary Glenn Close. Okay. So Demi Moore uh, was in the film Now and Then which uh there was like two two storylines one in the present and one in the past where it was like four women um and uh i get i get what you mean and one of the um older women was rosie o'donnell who the younger version was christina ricci oh so rosie o'donnell uh was the voice of one of the uh gorillas or apes in tarzan and Glenn Close was also uh, the voice of or... the mama. No, was it the mama? I, I know she she was one of the voices. It might have been one of one of the uh, animals. Oh, cool! And there you have it. Uh, Tarzan. And the fact of the week is that the Hobbit movie used all the gold paint in New Zealand. There was so much gold used in the scene with Smaug that there wasn't enough gold paint in New Zealand to fulfill their needs. So they had to transport it from Germany. And that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it because it's not mine. It's mine, mine, my precious. <laughs> okay, y'all, this is the end of the line, so it's time to get off. Please subscribe to our podcast for our weekly shenanigans. You can also follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. This is another awesome episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. Thanks for listening.